Welcome to the Legally Sound Smart Business Show, your weekly look at legal news and questions in the business world. Here are your hosts, Nasser Pasha and Matt Stahl. All right, welcome to our podcast where we cover business in the news and add our legal twist. My name is Nasser Pasha. Now I'm Matt Stahl. And I am all dry <laughs> from the weather. I think that's the first question. Everything's safe and sound in Houston, Texas. I mean, I didn't hear about this, I don't think, in, until Tuesday, Monday? Well, Monday is when it happened. Okay, so, so it must have been Tuesday. Yeah. So what happened last Monday, which would have been last, last Monday, when this episode comes out, is basically overnight, and I, I was kind of half awake, and it was just raining like crazy all night. And of course, I'm on my ivory tower on the eighth floor of my our building, so I wasn't really too concerned about anything in my own selfishness, but I knew something was going on. And I woke up at like 4.30 in the morning checking my phone to see if like if there's floods or whatever. And then I think at five or six o'clock, you know, those weather warning goes off in your phone and so forth. But overnight, things just started to flood like crazy. And people woke up to, you know, flooded homes, flooded streets. And see, Houston is basically, it, it just picture a huge area that's completely flat and then cover it with cement and then pour rain on it. That's Houston basically. And of course it's going to flood. So it's been kind of a rough, rough week. And so we thought we'd cover some of the implications of, of that flooding. Well, yeah, that's what I was going to ask. Is it like, I've never been there. Is it like San Diego and that the city was not built for any sort of rain? I mean, it, it would never even rain that long in San Diego, but the, the drainage system in, in San Diego is so poor that it just can't. That's true. Yeah, in, 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 in San Diego, if it rains pretty hard, I remember in Mission Valley, there would be spots where it'd just like be impassable. But you're right, it's because San Diego is not built for that. It get, hardly gets any rain. And when it does rain, the ocean water or the sewage water goes into the ocean. You can't swim for X number of weeks, et cetera. Yeah. But in Houston, first of all, I mean, it's, <laughs> it's basically swampland. And so to answer your question, it's supposed to be built for rain, but the problem is it's just flat. So the only thing that they can do, and for example, in Galveston, what they did is they literally, this was ages, decades ago, Galveston is a, a, a beach city close to the Houston on the Gulf. And basically they, they raised everything like 10 feet, meaning the buildings. And so that way that when, when there's a surge of water in the ocean, then it goes, you know, it doesn't flood every single time. So that's really the only thing that they do here is basically when they build new buildings, they make sure it's, you know, has, has a runoff and what does it call it? A reserve or moat? Not a moat. They, they, they like, depending upon the size of the lot, they dig underneath, you know, dig below and then they build up so that the water has somewhere to go. Okay. And most of the time that works, but of course, all these old neighborhoods, which frankly tend to be the lower income areas are the ones that get affected most when, when these things happen. How long did this happen for? Just one day or was it multiple days? Sunday night. And it was basically floodwaters that would not recede until the next day. But then also Tuesday, there was more rain. On Wednesday, there was more rain. That kind of exasperated it a little bit. But the, the worst of the worst was on Monday. I think that's when, I think a total of eight or so people have passed. And most of those on Monday, I believe. Yeah, that's crazy. And that, there, I mean, the reason I ask is what we're going to talk about today is you know, kind of the employer response, 
I guess maybe what some of these employers, how employers in Houston responded and how they should respond and kind of this vigilante meteorologist that stepped up in the Houston area. (laughs) If you think about it, you know, especially in a spot like Houston where it's just pretty much hot all the time, right? For for the most part. Well, I mean, in the summer, I suppose, yeah, it's it's hot. It's humid. Yeah, I mean, there's there's probably not too much that meteorologists can really get that excited about. So I think rain. I, I suppose, but there are there is. I mean, if you, it's all relative. I mean, if you compare it to San Diego, the meteorologists there, they barely have a job there, right? I mean, it's, <laughs> so we do get some weather here. Yeah. Okay. Well. So the, the rain you're talking about, it caused pretty severe flooding. Like you said, there's been multiple people that, you know, just fatalities that happen as a result. And so it caused a an issue because what is, an, you know, a business obviously is going to be open on Monday. What are they supposed to do? If, you have an, if you're a business owner, you have employees, do you shut down shop for the day? Do you tell your employees hey don't come in today do you tell them don't come in unless you have like unless you're able to unless you're able to do you just say i don't care you ever have to come in no matter what i mean there obviously there's all you're fired basically yeah or or, yeah i guess that's that's probably worst cases well because if you're giving them a choice because like for example one of our employees logan i i don't think he well at least he told me i didn't i didn't actually check but he told me he couldn't even i think it was the roads were impassable his house was safe, you know, leaving it would have been a problem. Yeah. And so I guess there's, there's, I had, I do, I do trust him, but now that I think about it, I'm going to look into that later. <laughs> going to drive by where he lives later. <laughs> Actually, I'm going to interview, interview his neighbors and things like that. But. Well, that's typically how it happens. It's, it's usually, you know, your actual physical spot you're living at, your residence isn't the issue. It's more roads can, are blocked off and, you can't drive over it and you're going to start hydroplaning what, whatever yeah. and you just can't make it. And, and again, I, you know, people that don't live in the area just may not get it. You have to understand that even if it rains hard for a day, which happens on occasion, at least once or twice a year, the streets flood in general. And they usually recede after you know, 30 minutes. I remember one time I, when we first moved here, my wife and I went to see a movie. And then when we got out, literally the streets were like a river. You know, it was like, it was like maybe inches, you know, of a river, but it was just nowhere for the water to go. Yeah. <laughs> and so I'm just trying to demonstrate that, you know, it doesn't take much rain to make a difference. And now here we're talking about a, a, a foot overnight. And, and of course, you know, we have rivers that overflow and dams that have to release their water and so forth. So when that happened, it would have been nice to have this movie superhero meteorologist who tried to save the day here on Monday. So I guess at some point, and I hope I get his name correct, Mike. Iskovitz? Yeah. Iskovitz. Ice or Iskovitz. I don't know. Okay. I'll, I'll ask him later. Okay. So he somehow caught wind of employers forcing their employees to show up to work, even if it wasn't really feasible and I guess possibly threatening the, ter- you know, firing them if they didn't show to work. And so he took charge and what he did was basically go on air and you know, say if if your employer is doing this, let us know, and we're gonna we're gonna go after these people. I mean, I don't know exactly what the what the plan of attack was. I I, I think he said yeah, we're gonna basically call him out, yeah. on air and stuff like that. Yeah, and and the next day he he kind of backpedaled a little bit from that, probably because like I don't know if his producers were like I don't know if you guys should be saying that some of these businesses might be our sponsors. Who knows, you know? And then also he probably looked into the legality of it and. 
And he started focusing on Judge Emmett, who basically is the person who runs the county here in Houston, and also the mayor, and basically saying to them that they're the ones that need to focus on communicating to employers that they need to take it easy on their employees who are in shelters or who can't make it to to work or have been affected by the flood somehow. Yeah. And I think that's kind of what happened here is at some point he talked to Judge Emmett, I guess, and basically said, as as you would expect, Texas is an at-will state. So that means they can employer can pretty much terminate the employee for any reason at any time. But and this is something we've said many times, you know, what you legally can do and what you should do are obviously two different things. And I mean, I think in this instance, it would be pretty ridiculous for an employer to fire an employee. I mean, how often is this going to happen in Houston? You've lived there a few years. How often has it happened? Well, I mean, it's a good question because, I mean, I, I think they're considering this one of these 100-year floods, but we just had a flood like a year ago. And so mm-hmm. the sad story is some of these homes that were affected back in it's the Memorial Day flood last year were affected again right after they got it fixed. So in theory, once a year, <laughs> but hopefully not. I mean, it's, I, I don't think it typically happens that often. I would say since I've been here, once, once a year, there's, there is a significant amount of rain that does affect things for about a few hours or so. Mm-hmm. So and in this, in, you know, in Houston's maybe not, might not be as a big issue. This, I'm just going to call this, group it all together in general as a storm. But and we, I know we've talked about this before, other areas, you I mean, particularly the Northeast or, or I guess anywhere kind of north on, on the border, in the wintertime, you're going to have snow. And, you know, I don't think they have the issues of rain, but there's many times in the winter where snow can affect the ability to travel. I mean, that's probably... Absolutely. That's worse than, than rain, in my opinion, by, by a lot, because the roads get all iced over. I mean, with water, if it just gets flooded, but... There's a couple questions of this. It's one, you know, can you require these employees to show up in, in these instances of flooding or, or sto- other storms? And then two, if you're not requiring them to come in or, or maybe, you know, yeah, if you're not requiring them to come in, do you still have to pay them? Good questions. And by the way, just to think about a couple other things, this has happened in San Diego too. I mean, we've had power outages in San Diego. Oh, yeah. We've had fires all, all throughout California. Any kind of natural disaster. There's, I think everyone's experienced in their hometown at least once where everything is shut down. Even the county commissioner or the mayor or whoever or the governor is saying it is not safe to be on the streets, stay in your homes, and we're advising only essential personnel, et cetera. And so the question is, I think that that Matt's posing is okay. If and, and that's what happened here is they were encouraging everyone to stay off the roads. They didn't say essential personnel only, but they said encourage everyone to stay off the roads. So now, what does that mean? Now, does as an employer, if I want my employee to come to work, can I make them do it? And the answer is, survey says. Well, I mean, I think you kind of hit on the point is if the city or I guess possibly even statewide, if they, you know, put out a ban on travel, and if the governor comes out and says that, then you're not going to be able to require them to come in. I mean, I guess if otherwise, if it's just more of a possibility of there being an issue, then if they want, they can still have the employees come back in or come into work that day. And, and that's pretty much it. I mean, as much as law protects employees from in different states, including Texas, and from a federal perspective, there's not a lot of specific law when it comes to this type of 
showing up to work, weather-related issues. And the general understanding is that, okay, at-will relationship, which basically pretty much all the states are at-will employment, except there's some exceptions to that, and we can kind of get into that later. But generally in at-will employment, you can fire them for any reason except a so-called illegal reason. And one of those illegal reasons is not forcing your employee to come up to come show up to work, even though the city is in, you know, disarray from from floods. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, that's that's basically kind of what the I think the meteorologist came around and came around on and said is and what that the judge Emmett had told him and what we've said many times is just because you can fire them doesn't mean you should, but you can. And so. Most employees work inside, but if, you know it, it does change a little bit if there's a job that you have to do outside, like construction, you have to operate a crane and, and things like that. Yeah. And like ge- general OSHA standards are going to apply. Of course, if it's unsafe to work, then that's, that's a little more obvious, lightning, et cetera. And obviously, if, it's, if you're in the middle of water operating a crane i think that's dangerous (laughs) yeah exactly and you know i mentioned the thing about whether they have to get paid or not to me that's not as interesting of a topic it's to me the so what's kind of advanced down the line here in that you're requiring your employees to show up to work so let's say in houston this past or a week ago or however long it was now you have to require the employees to come into work that's the bigger legal issue to me because now employers liable you know you have negligence claims that arise yeah i don't know if any of the eight people that died had to do anything to do with trying to get to work probably not but let's say there's some sort of issue there i'm sure there was no there, there car was crashes actually, or something no what because what happened is and what's not too uncommon unfortunately is that there'll be like a dip in the road and it'll be nighttime or, or what have you and the, it's flooded and you're just driving a normal and they haven't blocked it off yet and the car floods and then the person can't get out quick enough or they can't swim or whatever and they've drowned and that's that's part of the reasons why there have been a few deaths and on top of there was actually one death that i know of that the person actually drove around a barrier (laughs) and said okay maybe i can make it because that's what often happens is like people are like okay i can make it through and they don't realize how deep it is and then suddenly their car is floating away and then fills with water and then you know you know the rest of the story yeah, I mean, that's, uh, that's one way you can look at it as an employer is and just because I can make these employees come in, should I, you know, do I want to require them to come in, have them hate me? That's one thing. But yeah, <laughs> yeah. too, I mean, the other actual serious liability issues as well for the employees that are coming in. So whether they'd be held liable for that, who knows? But I mean, it's at least going to be things they'd have to deal with. We've heard that argument before that, okay, if you force them... It's an argument. Yeah, I mean, if, they, if you force them to work, then they're going to argue that their accident or anything, any damages that occurred to them is somehow the employer's fault. And like you mentioned, it's, it's, it's an argument. Whether it's a great argument or not, it's a different issue. Yeah. But here's a problem, though, and I think there is a gap in the loss because if you're in an office setting, many a times you can afford to close for a day and an employer is going to make that decision for those reasons. You don't, again, you don't want your employees hating you the next day, and which is why... I didn't mind Logan, even though he was probably lying to me about his flood risk, wanted to stay home and probably play video games all day. Even though that was the case, I didn't mind him not coming in because, you know, I mean, the whole city was shut down. But in cases where, you know, you have restaurants or working with low-income employees, some of those 
may be a little bit more strict and may may need to remain open for whatever reason because I, I saw restaurants that evening open. A lot of them were closed, but I can imagine some of those restaurants that want to remain open to capitalize on the business, yeah. but their employees aren't showing up. And who are the employees that are most affected probably are the ones that are in those low-income areas that have been most affected by the flood. And if they don't show up, they may not be able to work again if the employer sees fit. Yeah, exactly. And and I think I've mentioned this before, but in the the old days when I used to do pizza deliveries, I mean, that was the worst. Because <laughs> what are you going to do? So let's say there's bad weather. Typically for, for me, it would be snow or yeah. I guess heavy rain. That's when people order, right? Yeah. You don't want to go out into that. You're going to make this kid do it. So that's what I had to do. That was like the worst thing ever is, and I think there was only... <laughs> Now, I worked there a few years. I can only remember a handful of times where we just refused to to do deliveries. And that's interesting, too, from a, any kind of delivery aspect. When you have when, any kind of situation where you have drivers, there are OSHA standards when it comes to that, too. And, if, of course, if the roads are too dangerous for any reason, whether, whether it requires a mayor or governor to uh, declare a state of emergency or not, there could still be some responsibility on the employer to make sure that those are those safety standards are met. Yeah, and the, in that situation, the employer is gonna should be a lot more worried about the situation of negligence. Yeah. It's a big difference between forcing me to come into work when I don't want to and me getting in a car accident commu- right. commuting. But when I'm being forced into do a delivery during work. I mean, that's, and, and, and that's important. There's a big legal distinction between commuting to work and working, you know, for example, you know, when you're, when you get into an accident on the way or from work, your employer may not be responsible for any damage that you cause. But if you are doing company business and you get into an accident and cause damage, then your employer may be responsible is probably responsible. And that's why the employer is required to have or should have insurance for their employees that automobile insurance for that. But if there's a frolic and detour while I'm doing the delivery. (laughs) No, we're not going to talk about that. (laughs) Those are exceptions. Uh, But but going back to the at-will employment, so generally you can fire anybody for any legal reason. And some of those things, so some states have like policy, public policy exemptions. mm -hmm. Like for example, you know, you can't fire somebody because they fought a complaint against you or whistle whistle blew against you or whatever, right? So obviously that's not, or, or you can't fire them for being a certain race. And then there's also these other smaller exceptions that can be construed, like there's this implied covenant of good faith and fair dealing. Uh, California has that. So employment law attorneys would argue that represent employees, I should say, that would argue that even if you have a contract that says it's at will, there's a, still a covenant in all c- contracts to act in good faith. And so if you just kind of fire them for an arbitrary reason without just cause, then that could be a breach of a contract and so forth. So th- there are some subtleties to it, but generally you can fire somebody for any reason, any any other reason than that, and including for not showing up to work, even if there's dangerous hazardous conditions out there. Now, even though that's the general rule, don't they take that to heart because there may be some exceptions in your local neighborhood and the circumstances may change and the facts may change that may make that problematic for you. I don't know if there's neighborhood by neighborhood law. But <laughs> <Not> neighborhood. <laughs> there's there's local laws, you know, federal, state, local. And neighborhood. Yeah. It, like, like Sesame Street has its own law. It's called Sesame Street law. I guess technically there are neighborhoods that have CCNRs. So 
but I don't think it has to do with this. Uh, and let me just hit on, I, I mentioned this before and kind of skipped over it because it was boring, but for non-exempt employees, that's, t- that's usually going to be your, your hourly rate. I mean, it's pretty straightforward that if they don't, oh, yeah. if they don't work, they don't get paid. Exempt, you know, they're going to get paid unless there's, well, yeah, they're going to get paid. And then I guess exempt employees that are told to come in or that choose not to come in, they might be forced to take some sort of leave, something to that effect. But for the most part, it's, you know, general rule, you're, they're going to end up getting paid one way or another, I guess. Yeah. For exempt employees, it depends also how long they're out too. Like if it's just a day, then you just, you just pay them for the, for that yeah, same yeah. pay period. And that's the thing, like just as a kind of a reminder for employers that do have to make this decision, obviously the, the, the best answer is to give your employees a break. I mean, I've seen stories where employees are being given a hard time with some are still in shelters because of the flood and so forth. And what are they supposed to do? I mean, they, they've, they may have lost their homes and are in a bad place. And that, obviously that's, that's what we should all be doing. But keep in mind that a lot of people, especially business owners, and for us even, right, if I can't go to the office, it's not that big of a deal because if I have a laptop and a phone and a power, that's all I need, right? And we have that luxury, but there are a lot of people that don't have that luxury in a non-business setting or not, I should say, non-office environment necessarily. Well, pow- I mean, power can get knocked out no matter where. So I mean, that's... Well, you can require your employees to get generators and then also satellite <laughs> internet. <laughs> the the last time that power went out for a prolonged period in San Diego was I luckily lived in somehow lived in a high rise that the elevators were generated power generated so oh that's good because I was on the fifteenth floor so it would have been a nice hike up up those stairs <laughs> absolutely one of the few buildings that had elevators powered by a backup generator so I was fortunate. So let's see. So general takeaway, we should give kudos to this meteorologist, right? I mean, it's something that I thought of, but like a lot of non-legal or non-business owners may not think of the implications. And and he recognized that he even mentioned, you know, uh, all the schools were canceled, closed that day. And of course, that can be problematic for those that kind of depend upon their kids being in, in school during the day. And other than the stuff we've already mentioned, I, one thing we haven't, which I think is a big takeaway is I mean, it's probably helpful for any area, but in areas that are prone to some sort of storms or things like this, probably something you want to have, I would define it as best as you can, as specifically as you can in in the employee handbook on what constitutes. Yeah, that's right. You know, just really what constitutes everything. Like when, when are people going to be allowed to stay home when, you know, just kind of all the rules that go into that. I think defining that puts the employer at an advantage from the beginning. Yeah. If you follow it. Oh yeah, but if, of course. <laughs> but at the same time, if if you're very liberal about this sort of sort of stuff, then just implement it that way. And and on a case by case, this is fine. You just have to be careful about being a little bit consistent to, in the sense that you're consistent to individuals and they don't feel discriminated against because maybe they live in a certain neighborhood or they may be of a certain disposition regarding you know the circumstances, how they get to work or whatever. And so. Just be careful about that. But yeah, I mean, employment manuals are, are a great tool for that. Yeah. A lot of people had to take, basically force themselves to take vacation pay. That's not uncommon yeah. to do. Or they just don't get paid for that day. It just depends upon their employment policy. What a fun vacation. I know. Uh, my wife had to do that too. But Oh, where'd you guys, where'd you guys go? Oh, it was uh, <laughs> excellent. We, we did go out to dinner that night for carry out. It was like one of the restaurants that was out. That's basically what we did. Yeah. 
Did I show you the the pictures of our parking lot out there outside? No, I didn't see it. I'll, I'll send it to you. Our our parking garage is basically the the first floor is basically a, a bucket. Like it might as well be an empty pool. And so when it rains, it becomes a pool. <laughs> and like every every time it floods, there's every year or so, there's about one or two cars that end up getting that end up you know they park their car there overnight or long term and ends up getting ruined. There was an obvious phrase for this episode, but I'm not going to say it because I feel like it gets overblown. What is it? It's a Houston-related phrase. The only Houston-related phrase there is. Catchphrase. Oh, Houston, we have a problem? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Actually, I didn't see any in all the stories I read. I, I didn't see it once. I assume that would be like the go-to headline. Yeah. I, I don't think you could use it in Houston. like it had to be a federal or not federal a national news story in order to use that but because if you use it in houston it'd be like (laughs) over and over again you'd have to use it i'm gonna start using that yeah all right well that's our show keep it sound keep it smart keep it safe hey you can't add that this has been the legally sound smart business show with your hosts nasir pasha and matt stop The Legally Sound Smart Business Show is your weekly look at legal news and questions in the business world. Legally Sound Smart Business is a podcast that is intended but not promised or guaranteed to be current, complete, or up-to-date, and should in no way be taken as an indication of future results. No attorney-client relationship is created by listening or submitting questions to the podcast. The podcast does not constitute legal advice but rather is offered only for general informational and educational purposes. You should not act or rely on any information in the podcast without first seeking the advice of an attorney. The opinions expressed in the podcast reflect the views of those individuals and do not necessarily represent the views of any other individual or business. For more information about the Legally Sound Smart Business Show, visit LegallySoundSmartBusiness.com.